Hello everyone and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast where we have fun and meaningful conversations with all kinds of tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Have a look at our previous episodes. I've had the privilege of speaking with a lot of interesting tango people. You'll definitely find a lot of encouragement as you progress in your own tango journey. My guest today is the co-founder and managing partner of Ultimate Tango, a tango academy based in Medford, Massachusetts, that's just outside Boston. She's a teacher, a blogger, and a tango philosopher. And with me now is Anita Flater. Anita, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, before we, we get into a lot of the things that I have in mind, just a little bit about your own uh, personal tango story. So how did you fall in love with this dance? I have to admit that I'm a ballroom convert. I was, uh, you know, kind of a ballroom addict for years since my childhood. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Poland and in Poland, everybody danced ballroom at the time. Mm-hmm. It was very common, you know, you just finish one course and started the next one. So it was more amateur to amateur as opposed to what's popular here where you uh, tend to dance with your teacher and mm-hmm. compete with your teacher. Uh, back then at my times and in and in my country in Poland we just found uh, an amateur partner and we just took it from there so yes of course we took lessons but it was more a development between the two people mm-hmm. and then when i moved to states i kind of continued within that field and one day i was dragged into the argentine tango class under the pretext that hey there is no followers you have to help us <laughs> so i'm like hello i don't even know what that dance is about oh no 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 don't worry you just follow i'm like what is that mm. just follow because the ballroom has this understanding that both people know the steps and then they practice together there is a routine and that's how you dance right so i went to the class they assigned me to some partner and i'm like wow this guy's really good he has some magic powers i'm doing some things and i don't even know what those things are I'm like, that's really cool. That guy must be really good. And then switch partners. And the next guy is just as good. So I'm like, hmm, no, something is in it. And I went through the whole circle. That was advanced class, of Mm. course, right? So, you know, I'm like, wow, this is really some sort of miracle. How does these people make me do things? And I don't even know the dance. So uh, immediately after Chicho was coming to town, that was in New York City. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to sign up to this Chicho thing. They say this is a famous guy, right? So I have to, <laughs> I have to do that. So basically, I can say that my first read encounter with Tango was, you know, taking five hours of Chicho for like <laughs> one week or whatever long it was, right? <laughs> right? So of course, I didn't understand the thing, right? But things were happening. And I was more and more amazed by the fact that, hey, this dance is like walking towards the horizon. It never ends. I want this. So the next thing I knew, I was on the plane to Argentina (laughs) to stay for a couple of months, you know, and just study the tango. So that's my thing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I I love hearing, no no offense to ballroom, but I do love hearing the stories of the, um, the converts from ballroom to tango. So, yeah, so what was your initial impression? I know you, you said with the kind of the lead and the follow that 
that was kind of an impression. But, uh, you know, just all those years of the ballroom training and then Argentine tango comes along. I mean, there's just enough similarity to make you feel comfortable trying, but there's awful lot of differences as well. So uh, what were some of the big differences that really caught your attention when it comes to tango versus ballroom? Well, the, the first thing you already mentioned, and, and I kind of describe it, this like unbelievable idea that somebody makes you move and you don't really know the dance. Of course, I knew how to dance because I danced for years. So I kind of have some sort of body awareness. But what I didn't appreciate in ballroom that there was just repeat the steps and you know find the partner who knows the steps and that's the whole joy right mm -hmm. and go to competition or, or or do a performance what amazed me really in argentine tango that the dance actually had a structure that i'm a very logical person uh, you know for myself you know so i like to understand things before i just keep repeating them you know like a nonsense just write hundreds times the same sentence you know mm -hmm. so for me this was like super annoying in ballroom because you know like why do i have to repeat it million times without understanding what it is you know so in tango what fascinated me the most is, is that there is a structure and you can understand the structure and once you understand the structure you can you can start writing well let's be poetic i can start writing my own story or my own poetry yes by just by knowing the structure so that's still my thing you know like understanding the structure of the dance and researching it that's mm -hmm. what's probably my biggest fascination nice nice yeah so as you went along this tango journey of course as students sometimes we develop some or uh, we have some bad habits that we eventually get over so what were some bad habits that you used to have and how did you get over them if if you know like i have this idea that there is no bad habits in okay. tango that there is the, the bad habits are kind of like opportunities to discover mm -hmm. new things you know so each mistake can turn into something uh, some new discovery new opportunity so basically allowing yourself to practice wrong <laughs> you know <laughs> with the assumption that okay i might be wrong yes if i if i have the understanding that i might be wrong and i'm not getting like glued to the idea mm -hmm. i think everything is fine so um i think my biggest problem i would think coming out of the ballroom was that i wanted to know what i'm supposed to be doing mm -hmm. right so i wanted to okay give me my steps i repeat it this is faster and only later came this understanding that hey there is a technique, you know, the basic movements, you know, the elements, and of course, they're getting com more and more complicated as you're studying. But the beauty of it is that you can be just taken for a ride and yeah. you don't really need to know anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when, when I talk with students who have a, a, a tough time kind of letting go of that, I, I, I sort of make this analogy like, oh, imagine you know, you're about to get a bunch of presents on your birthday. Do you want to know ahead of time what your presents are? Or do you want to wait to be surprised to open each gift? And, uh, you know, that's because when I started following, that's kind of, you know, that, that was the sort of a thinking that that really helped me out. Yeah. Well, you know, the answer might surprise you because some mm -hmm. people may say, oh, I, I, I rather know it because knowing my mom, <laughs> I yeah. know what I'm going to get. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you yeah. were in New York for a, a little while. I mean, I know you helped to run the Stepping Out Studios. I'm just curious. I, I used to live in New York as well. We may have been there at the same time. What, what years were you there? 
So I joined Stepping Out Studios as a partner in, hmm, let me think about it. <laughs> I might lie, you know, it might have been maybe 2010. Okay. Yeah, 2013, we already started branding our Argentine Tango School as an ultimate tango. Mm. So it was a couple of years before. Okay. If you need exact date, I did no, it. No, it's like, I was just curious. <laughs> I, I was there from 2000 to 2003, so I probably missed you. But yeah, there have been a couple yeah. people whom I interviewed that uh, after talking with them, it turns out we actually did cross paths at some point. So it was, yeah, you never so we, know. We definitely, we definitely uh, missed each other because I haven't moved to States until 2004. Oh, so I'm definitely you. past, yeah definitely past your mm -hmm. time okay yeah. okay where, where in poland are you from so i'm in small town close to warsaw it's mm -hmm. called Womża. it's about east 80 kilometers east from okay. warsaw okay yeah reason i it's just a few weeks ago um my wife and i we were going to germany she, that's where she's from and we uh we took polish airlines so we stopped in warsaw and uh yeah, yeah flew back so yeah it was it's fine i'd like to visit there sometime just kind of looking out the yeah. window seeing if the you city. if you're looking for tango you should definitely uh stop in krakow they have a strong oh. tango community okay yeah. i'll remember that yeah so another thing i like to, to talk about are, are, are turning points in our learning and development in tango i know uh, it was kind of great that you had an opportunity to jump right in with with chicho i imagine that must have made quite an impression on you but just throughout your own tango journey anita what were some uh really memorable points or perhaps some memorable advice you've gotten from from others that really resonate to this day yeah that's a tough question you know because i think that the journey never ends and i believe it's uh, i find it really fascinating learning from other people all the time mm -hmm. so even now you know when we take our students to buenos aires i love taking lessons from other people mm -hmm. because it's so fascinating uh hearing uh how people explain things mm -hmm. of course in some sense you might talk different methodology or even the whole different approach and idea of what is what and how things should be taught. Mm -hmm. But it's, I find it really fascinating that you might be talking to the students for years, trying to explain something. And then they go to somebody else's lesson and you see them lighten up and the person is saying exactly the same thing you, they were hearing from you for years. But somebody said something, maybe moved differently, maybe used a different description, maybe showed it from different angle, and all of a sudden this big enlightenment happened. Mm -hmm. So I think the advice I would um, consider that you know I took from pretty much everybody is just to be open to mm -hmm. hearing what other people's idea are because tango isn't not some it's not like an end it's not like a final science you know it's mm -hmm. like so many little details that keep changing and the dance keep evolving mm -hmm. that it's up to us to carry on and keep researching and keep developing and if we close it in the box and we say okay that's the way to do it mm. we are closing onto all these possibilities so you know i was talking to a couple of people within the last few days uh, from many countries and we were discussing exactly this as mm -hmm. we are working on the Tango Secret Summit. And I hear so many ideas, so many approaches, so many explanations of the same thing. But one of the things that keeps repeating itself is that, okay, there, there was like a layer of teachers 
bag, bag, bag in time, mm-hmm. you know, like Binzel, Todaro, uh, Mingo Pugliese, who people kept learning from usually by learning their sequences and joining the sequences to improvise the Dinsdale with his system of openings and proposition of the movement. And then came the next layer, which we can name, you know, like uh, Navera, uh, Salas, mm-hmm. uh, Mauricio Castro, and then Chicho, you know, all these people who start to redefining how the tango is being taught and understood, you know, and then Code of Walking with Navera, who, you know, now is pretty much an obvious thing. Mm-hmm. And all of us know what it is. But back then it was completely, completely new thing. Yeah. And then new elements happening, you know, like Salas developing, uh, Fabian Salas developing the Colgadas, you mm-hmm. know, from ice skating. Did you know that? I didn't no, know that. Didn't he know just that. explained wow. to me. So okay. he told me the story that he used to be an ice skater. <laughs> and when you're turning on the ice with the partner, you have, you basically have to suspend your partner. So he decided to introduce it to tango and see if it's gonna work so i didn't know that you know oh, that's fascinating yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's that's interesting about the whole evolution of of learning i mean you know when i first took tango classes it was in a classroom and that's just kind of what i was used to i guess that's just kind of maybe cultural here in the united states where you learn you go to a class and then you kind of do your homework but that's not the only way uh you know often we learn from our peers or just by experimentation and i think that it's you know for learning tango it's really important to sort of you know the whole concept of learning or the whole environment of learning that we should also adopt a very flexible attitude uh, in that regard as well i agree totally yeah. agree mm-hmm. yeah yeah so anita i want to shift a little bit more to a topic that I don't really uh, touch too much on. I'm really glad to, to have you here because I think you would definitely be able to shed some light. It's more more of the sort of philosophical side of tango and how it, just how we view the dance and also just how it sort of applies to, to living. Um, I'm sure you've heard, I think a lot of our listeners have heard that, you know, who aren't familiar with tango when we tell them, oh, we dance tango or we teach tango or we're interested in tango. They, a lot of the reactions that I get and a lot of people get is, oh, tango, it's such a, it's such a sexy dance. And uh, it just sort of seems to me there's this, they're sort of conflating sexuality versus sensuality. And uh, that's just something that I sometimes hear people talk about within the dance. I was wondering if, if that's something that uh, that you've ever thought about or have had discussions about as well? Well, this is a never-ending discussion, you know, because so uh, as our school, Ultimate Tango, we mm-hmm. have our tagline, tagline uh, says, learn tango as philosophy of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we try to uh, understand tango and introduce tango as the very specific way of living because mm-hmm. people come to tango for various reasons. Actually, we were lucky enough that we have very rare encounters with people who uh, say say and come with the image of, you know, rose in the mouth, <laughs> fast movements of the head mm-hmm. and, you know, sex on the stage almost kind of thing, you know. Yeah. But uh, we, we were lucky enough that we didn't have enough of this. Uh, I mean, too many of these people and they mm-hmm. uh, I guess they did the research before they came, you know, and we try to very quickly dismount this understanding. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, of course, when you start dancing, you're finding different things. 
But I think the primary confusion is that we see tango on stage. Most mm -hmm. of people that encounter tango, they encounter tango in some kind of show or on stage or in the movie. And they don't realize that those are actors who were taught specific movements or some vision by the, by, by the director. And the tango that we teach, of course, there is nothing wrong, wrong with wanting to dance on stage. That's a completely different story. Mm -hmm. But as a social dance, what, what most people tend to teach and what most people tend to look, uh, look for is to dance tango socially. And in a social settings, it's a completely different dance. And now, now when you start learning it, it comes completely different understanding. Mm -hmm. What I find in the teaching and observing people for years is the first, the first very hard encounter is to find yourself. Because since the dance is improvised and we have to communicate somehow with the partner, uh, yes, we do steps, we do exercises, we practice things, but in order to communicate with other person, one need to be able to understand oneself, right? So mm. the first very hard experience people have is, hey, what is your body? Take responsibility for yourself. And I think this is a very moving uh, and in a sense, very sensual experience for a person, mm -hmm. because one you can only feel the body if you are in control, if you if you feel responsible for the body, right? So, somebody who uh, you know is comes, and most people who come are like this. They are very introverted, and all of the sudden they have to find the way to allow some sort of uh, expression. So that's the first thing: is to find yourself, and then you start communicating with your partner. So people go through various stages. Yes, there is passion, there is sen sensuality, there is sensitivity, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I would go as far as sex, you know, yeah. like sexuality, definitely not in the first week, right? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if you are there for, you know, it's like a long-term dating, you know? Yes, there are people who find their other half or their their life partner. We have an example in the studio, mm -hmm. people who got married, but they met in the beginner class, you know, <laughs> by the time they, they became intermediate, mm -hmm. which, by the way, takes a lot of time, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, about two years, right? Mm -hmm. they, they got married. So there are examples that, you know, things get more involved. But I think what fascinates people the most is that by allowing yourself to be yourself, you allowing people into your personal space by close embrace, by mm -hmm. the fact that you have to communicate. And this is probably the biggest discovery. So for many people, when you ask what is tango, even if you ask a student, they will not answer that it's a dance. They will say, oh, it's a community, it's a connection, mm -hmm. it's that feeling that you have, it's a music that you're hearing. Very few of them would answer, it's a dance, right? Mm -hmm. Or, oh, it's, it's just those steps or it's a basic aid, you know, like yeah. they, mm -hmm. this comes next, you know, but the first thing, uh, they always start talking about the feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really like what you said about, you know, despite this being a community and when you're moving with a partner, it's also, you have to know yourself and it's, it, it's a great way to learn a lot about yourself. I think, you know, sometimes there are some very hard lessons, but very useful ones in, in life. 
And I'm sure you have, you know, as a teacher too, mm -hmm. you, you also have your own experience. You know, there is that maybe overused saying that you don't find tango, tango will find you. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, when the time comes, the tango will find you. Why? Because I think you finding the tango not when you are 15 or 16, you know, maybe at this time you will look for tango as a stage. So flying legs, jumps and like stage movements. But when you really start looking for tango as a means of connecting with people and with yourself, you basically at the some point of your life when you are ready for a change, you mm -hmm. might not even know it. It's may, it might be something very subconscious. But it's either because some change happened in your life or because some change is about to happen. And usually that's the moment when people come to tango. So in a sense, there is a huge responsibility for the teacher that besides that they learn teaching people the dance, they also have be very careful because these people who come, who start, they are very fragile. You know, they in a, in a some way they are very fragile and they can be very easily broken. So we have this huge opportunity that by explaining the dance and superficially we talk about the steps and about connection, about lead and follow. But on a deeper level, people hear, hey, he's talking about me. How does she know that, you know, that's what's happening between me and my wife, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what they hear. And because they hear that on the level that they are at, mm -hmm. people very often cry in the class. They don't know why they cry, you know, but they cry because there is this huge release of emotion. So mm -hmm. I think the role of a, of a, um, any teacher, but, you know, from the tango teacher perspective, I feel it happens much more often. Mm -hmm. We have a huge responsibility for these people, you know, for our students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just funny when you, when you, when you brought that up, how did you, they, the teacher know what I'm thinking? That's happened to me as a student where the teacher said, okay, I know some of you are doing this and you might be feeling this. And I thought the teacher was talking about me specifically, but I later learned everybody in the class was feeling the same thing. And that, yeah, that's when something kind of turned in my mind, like, oh, this is, there's something interesting happening here. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, to all you students out there, if, if you feel like, the teachers kind of subtly jabbing at you. No, that's not the case. Every chances are a lot of people are, are feeling that. So yeah, pay attention to that. Yeah. You mentioned a, a bit before how some of your students, how they met and got married. So yeah. So what are your thoughts on the benefits of, of Argentine tango with two people who are you know, either significant others or, or married? Well, you know, it's a it's a tricky question, tricky, tricky in a sense that uh, the answer might come across not politically correct, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, because tango is actually fairly dangerous activity, I find you okay. know, for couples, mm -hmm. uh, for couples that come as couples. Right. Mm -hmm. It can be very interesting experience. For example, if a couple comes to learn the tango and they announce Hey, we're starting the tango because this is going to be our wedding dance, right? So we have to learn to dance. That's why we came. <laughs> this is perfect moment, right? Because this still they still have a chance not to get married, right? <laughs> Before or they ca they still have a chance to really recognize and learn some truth about the other person that may maybe they didn't know mm -hmm. because tango the communication, the way you practice, the way you learn is going to pull to the surface 
specific characteristic of you that maybe you were very good at hiding mm. right so this moment right before you make a final you know forever commitment is perfect and then there are people who come as a couple who already have some sort of conflict and there is a very interesting book uh, that was published not so long ago by Igor Zabuta. Mm -hmm. He's a, a psychologist from Kiev in Russia, and him and his partner, teaching partner, wrote a book, Tango Psychology. So they created ta ta Tango Psychotherapy. Mm. And they address this subject, uh, you know, from very deep perspective. Of course, there is some, you know, uh, European kind of cultural let's say sense of humor on top of that right mm -hmm. so it may be even less acceptable for the average american <laughs> you know the way they talk about it mm -hmm. but it's something very true because some people talk to tango uh, come to tango and they are looking to find each other some people come to tango and they have some problems and they think the dance is gonna give them the solution mm -hmm. and it might be very well true mm -hmm. but it what can also happen that the tango is gonna make their life their life unacceptable you know <laughs> yeah. it, it, because they is gonna introduce the lack of communication in real life it's gonna only translate to even bigger lack of communication in tango so things they're gonna get enhanced enlarged maybe unbearable and then there are other situations where the woman thinks okay i'm gonna learn this really fast so you go ahead and learn yeah, and I join you in a couple of months. And by the time she's there, he's already gone, right? Because he had this opportunity to find completely different connection mm -hmm. with these other ladies. And the connection can be, say, pretended or imagined, mm -hmm. right? By, by the fact that you are so close and you're leading, you're following, there is this music and you're moving together, you know, for the tanda, which is 15 minutes of being together, right? Mm -hmm. So he might be fi finding something that a lady coming later hasn't even imagined yet. So the disconnection can become very deep, right? And mm -hmm. the same thing can happen. The husband can say, oh, this is not for me. You go ahead. You mm -hmm. do your thing, right? <laughs> and, you know, like essentially he's just almost let her go, you know, because unless the relationship is really stable and really solid and really truthful mm -hmm. uh she might just go away you know there is because there is so many mm -hmm. deep feelings involved in it that a lot of things can happen there not necessarily we're talking about mm -hmm. you know like uh, sexual encounters or stuff like that mm -hmm. you know or we, we, we that it's not even this it's psychologically what happened uh to the person who dances tango there is so many feelings and uh, thoughts going through your head when you're so close in somebody's embrace mm -hmm. that it's 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 unpredictable you know what's really gonna happen so i think being a couple and going to the tango has its benefits mm -hmm. and has its risk and if you're gonna start tango my advice you better start it together and stick together <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely because uh yeah don't think that oh yeah i can catch up that's um uh... Right. That's a very, very bad idea. <laughs> very risky. <laughs> yeah. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, just uh, the whole dynamic with, with relationships. It's funny. Yeah, one thing my wife and I used to do in the morning was before we started anything, we would just we would do our morning dance, our morning tango, and it was just a really wonderful way to, to start the start the day. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And also I think it's a it's a very like once you know how to dance, it's mm -hmm. a very nice way of kind of asking for the forgiveness you know mm -hmm. because sometimes when you argue maybe you know the other person was right or <laughs> you know like okay you are right but really you still have to function in the same house you yeah. know mm -hmm. and the the little dance can kind of release all this emotion and like patch the life back together so this is a nice way to mm -hmm. you know uh bringing the life back to normal after the the discussion or yeah. argument <laughs> yeah tango it's just yeah there's so many different different layers to it which is which is so wonderful um yeah so again like you said there's before uh, I just kind of go back to how there's this endless horizon. You know, this is a journey that never really ends. And I, and I think I mean that in a very, uh, very positive way. So just for you personally, Anita, what are, what are some things over the years that you've learned from your own students that have helped you develop as a dancer? So I'm going to steer your question again, a little bit differently sure. because I don't know if I develop as a dancer, but I think I, or maybe that's not the most important part. I okay. think I develop more as a human being, mm. you know, because me as an introvert myself, mm -hmm. uh, I would, you know, some students who know me better, they say, oh, you don't really like people. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but the tango gives you that opportunity to have a conversation without actual conversation. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's very meaningful. And mm. I actually learn a lot about my students and from my students and about how they think by dancing with them, mm -hmm. you know, or the, the way they learn, the way they move and the way they try to express uh, themselves. So the other thing for me is that, you know, when you have this idea that, okay, I can do everything myself and I'm the one doing it. And this is my idea. Either, you know, you take it or leave it. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's very, I mean, it's a way to function in life. I think a lot of people are, you know, and what tango makes me realize that by doing everything yourself and not allowing uh, other people into your space is that you're losing a lot of uh, understanding of the world because you always color everything in your way, the way mm. you think, you see things. So you are essentially uh, very close to finding new way of understanding things and by allowing other person thoughts and other person into your life you becoming more open mm -hmm. and what i mentioned before about how important it is for a teacher to be conscious of the student's fragility is my own experience because you know i'm very logical person and that's the way how i teach I did, you did this, this 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 is the structure now you do it mm -hmm. And I'm very straightforward because, you know, it's, I'm teaching the dance, right? So what's the problem? <laughs> but sometimes you discover that your comments that have no underlying meaning, you know, people take it very, very personally. Mm -hmm. And in our situation, my husband, Hernan Brizuela, he's complete opposite of me. So he teaches through sensations, mm. understanding, feelings. Of course, he explains in great details the structure of the dance, 
but he talks a lot of about these feelings and also he has this i think very unique ability to feel other people feelings mm -hmm. and other people pains right so mm -hmm. we are like complete opposite contrast <laughs> yeah so mm -hmm. Uh, when baby students, because I, I teach the entry level, right, uh, mm -hmm. mostly, uh, when students come from me to him, they mm -hmm. like, wow, now is the world of mystery, Oh, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, meditation, you mm -hmm. know, and with me, it's like, okay, that's how you walk, outside partner left, outside partner right, do basic step, cross, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So I found that I almost have to warn my students that, hey, look, <laughs> this is a closed room. <laughs> I'm very straightforward and mm -hmm. I make maybe sarcastic jokes, mm -hmm. but those sarcastic jokes are not directed at you. So please <laughs> do not go to the bathroom and cry. <laughs> just please just take it easy. You know, mm -hmm. what's, what's in this room stays in the room. Mm -hmm. Whatever the mistakes you're doing, they stay here. And we are talking tango. We're not talking about you. Please yeah. <laughs> do not take it to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, if you upset by what I said, just come to me and I and I try to explain to you maybe mm -hmm. in a better way, you know, but it's nothing personal. Yeah. But over the years, you know, I try to be milder and milder, you know, like be more open and open to see what mm -hmm. people and how people are feeling. Because I think more and more like over the years of teaching i realized how uh, how how important that is yeah i i think my style of teaching is a little bit more similar to yours i i am like to be very rational and i like to uh like you said you know with being more of the structure and then it's kind of interesting how uh, i met other teachers who are more about feelings and that used to annoy me in the beginning um but eventually like you said when you let people in and then um, you know, kind of get a different perspective. I, I'm starting, you know, not starting, but I did come around to be a little, to be much more accepting of that other, that other uh, side of it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think that also is so important that mm -hmm. we shouldn't insist that there is only one teacher and mm -hmm. you should never leave, you know, because there are, you know, I think there is a teacher for every person and there is something about this personal connection and personal understanding. And if you cannot align with your teacher, you will not learn or mm -hmm. you will learn much maybe suffering and much slower, right? If yeah. you find a teacher that is similar to you or you can, you know, uh, understand better, that's much better way to go. So we should let our students go. They might come back at some point mm -hmm. when they become more understanding or appreciative of the way you teach or I teach, but I think there is enough of tango teachers, tango instructors who share the tango in various manners, and there is teacher for everybody. So there is nothing wrong with researching and finding, mm -hmm. because it's almost like you know, you know, you enter the room, you click, and here it is. You're gonna stay for years with that person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, so Anita, I also wanted to uh, ask you about the Tango Secret Summit online, which is going live September 27th. That's right. So during COVID, I was entertaining, entertaining myself, researching, researching a lot of things and people that I was uh, kind of kept on my bookshelf separately for better times. And I don't know if it were better times, but it was enough time to follow up on this. So there is a lot of tango researchers, I would call, 
that introduce their own specific methodology or their own research or their own understanding of tango and they really carry on a great work of spreading tango beyond the borders of the dance so i came up with this idea of getting these people together and uh talking with them chatting with them about what is that they are working on and all these so there is about 25 speakers that gonna share their thoughts uh, during the live argentine tango secrets summit that is gonna go on uh october 25 26 and when but the tickets will be available September 27. So that's where you can look into it. TangoSecretSummit.online. TangoSecretSummit.online. All right. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, Anita, time has just sort of flown by. I've been having a lot of fun with this conversation. I know you've got a, a busy day today. Uh, I don't want to wanna hold you up. Before I let you go, uh, where can we find out more about you online? So our website is ultimatango.com. We offer, of course, classes here in uh, Medford, which is close to Boston, Massachusetts. Actually, we have students coming from all over New England, which is five states um, area. We also, over COVID, develop a pretty solid curriculum of online courses. So courses.ultimatango.com is our website where you can find more information about online courses. Okay, great. And also, I want to mention your blog on your website, which I, on ultimatetango.com, there's a link to her blog. It's really great stuff. I haven't gone through all of it yet, but I've read a little bit, and I think it's it's really great information. So check out ultimatetango.com, check out the classes, online classes, and also Anita's wonderful blog. So Anita, thank you again. I know you have a really busy schedule. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak to me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. I apologize for the sound of my dog barking in the background during the last few moments of the interview. He's also a Tango enthusiast and was probably just showing his support. And speaking of support, I appreciate yours very much. You're an awesome audience, and I hope you have a great week. Like Anita said, while you're on the dance floor, remember to connect with yourself and to be open to other ideas, to other ways of learning, and to other teaching styles. Breakthroughs in your tango journey often happen in unexpected places and even a small shift in your mindset can lead to huge results. Okay, if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to subscribe so you never miss an episode and please leave a five-star rating or review. That really helps out. Thanks again. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang and I'll talk to you again soon.